I really appreciate you doing this, bro. I know it's been a, a long time in the coming. Uh, when I initially started this podcast, there's a thing called Jatty and Kov, and I, I approached him and said, you know, who should I interview? And the first name he said was yours. And I know we had the schedule in the past, and my wife, I think she had COVID or she got sick, and yeah. we had to reschedule. So I'm, I'm really, really, really happy to finally get to an opportunity to... No, I appreciate it. The pleasure is all mine, bro have this conversation um let's get right into it i i'm inspired by your journey because i know you've had a lot of adversity um i met you back when we did the tv stuff for was it was it itv or B- itv yeah years ago yeah. so quite a long time ago i i think both Very long time. i think 2016 i'm not wrong okay how old were you then 18 19 maybe oh, yeah you seemed a lot younger but um, <laughs> It's it's incredible because even at that time you mentioned about you had some you were in the London Championships and and there were some decisions which didn't go your way there were some really yeah. some shady stuff going on in terms of I think you got penalised once where for um was it your hair, hair? for my hair yeah for my yeah, hair so, um so can you go into that a bit because I think a lesser person would have just thought I'm at a disadvantage. They're never yeah. gonna, it's never going to be a level playing field. Mm. You know, I'm just going to stop. Yeah. Um, do you know what it is, bro? Growing up, um, you know, as a you know as as a, as a Punjabi kid with a, with a with a good game, whatever, I had already experienced it, and hearing stories from my stories from my family members, I kind of. Even though I didn't experience it, I kind of knew what it was like to be, or to have someone point a finger at you, or you know, treat you slightly differently because of the way you look, or what you might be, or what you represent. So, before I even had my first encounter myself, I already experienced, it, you know, walking down the road, for example, or stories that my family members told me. So it was kind of like it wasn't foreign to me. Does that make sense? It was new to me because I experienced it for the first time, but. I knew it was going to happen. I already knew it was going to happen. I, 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 it wasn't. There wasn't some. It wasn't something like, oh my god, does this stuff exist? It was like, when is it going to happen? Not, not is it going to happen? It's when. It was more the when for me. Like I said, my family went through it. I, you know, and it was only a matter of time before I went through it. I mean, I went through it on, a, you know, like an everyday level, bit of you know, silly jokes or that kind of stuff. But actually, having it directly affect my say boxing or my opportunities you know I knew it was gonna happen just a matter of when but that kind of prepared me to 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 I, I knew that was always going to be a part of my journey I knew that you know whatever happens I'm gonna like I said because of the experiences of my family members and because of everything I knew it was gonna happen so in my mind I was I was already prepared for it to happen and so when it did happen it kind of it hurt me it made me upset or whatever but I had to carry on because otherwise then I'd just be then I'd fall victim to whatever it was that was holding me back or whatever their opinions was I then I then I'd just be another number in a crowd you know I, I couldn't do that I couldn't let that happen so I, I had to carry on there was no literally there was no other option to like sit back maybe or you know maybe this isn't for me or you know that kind of stuff was, there was no option whatsoever I had to carry on and I feel like they win right if you had just stopped at any point along your journey then that's it. They, they would have won. Done, done. It would have been done. That's it. Literally, literally, it. 
there would be nothing else, nothing more, nothing less. That was it. That would be, that would be, you know, story over. And that's it. Carry on, wake up, and I don't know, get a normal job and be a normal person. Then they'd have won hundred percent. But like I said, that was one of the reasons why I could not let them win. And I, I guess there's a there's a lot around this because there was comments that Joe Rogan made, and he got a lot of stick because he he used a certain word in a lot of his podcasts. Um, oh. And so there is that. And there was a, a cricketer who came out recently and said there were a lot of comments that were made, like little banter that people consider banter. But you know, it's not necessarily perceived as banter for the person yeah. who, who's the victim of it's it. It's small things. For example, I'm going to interrupt you quickly. It's small things like, oh, um, I was somewhere, um, and you know, we were just talking about training, and and I was like, you know, I'm competing soon. I'm, and lady was automatically, she was like, oh, I'm guessing you're a cricket player. Just things like that, you know. She might not have meant offence to me, but I don't play cricket. Yeah, you know I mean, because I'm Indian or because I'm brown skin, you think, oh, he's a cricketer. Or things like, you know, I went to a pet shop once to buy food and tell the old lady, she's a nice lady, you know, I know, not in our world, but I got, I'm a regular customer. When I first started going down there, you know, I didn't really know it, it was a new shop and it was quite hot. The weather was really hot and I was like, oh yeah, it's really hot, man. It must be hard working. The shop, the shop's quite small, quite tight shop, yeah, specialised in pet food. And she was like, oh yeah, you must be used to it. And I, I actually didn't know what to say. I, I swear to God, I was, I was like, uh, what do I even say? And she, then she must have realised that she was like, I didn't want to be rude to her. She's an old lady. You know, not an old lady, but, you know, she's older, quite a bit older. I didn't want to say anything. She was like, wait, she goes, that was the wrong thing to say. You know, why should you be used to it any more than I should? But it's just things like that. You know, there are two examples. Like a lady said to me, you should be used to the hot weather. Like, why am I used to the hot weather? You know, I was born and bred here just as most other people are. You know, I'm not immune to the hot weather. I'm not, do you know what I mean? But it is what it is. It's like I said, it's just part of the journey. It's part yeah. of life. It's part of being in this part of it it's a part of being an ethnic minority. Hmm. It's, it's interesting you say that. I'm reading Obama's uh, autobiography at the moment, and he talks about when he was uh, in university and people would see him and he's tall black guy, people would say, oh, you must be a basketball player. And he, oh, yeah. he kind of, he felt the undertone, like, why, why must I, he was, like, there you go. he'd play basketball. But why must like, I be a cricket player? Why must I be used to the hot weather? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like the average person might not understand they might be like oh you know you're being weird that's just it's, you're overthinking I, like, I don't mind I don't care say whatever you want to me but it's just the uh, it gets you thinking you know why mm-hmm. somebody who doesn't experience it or who's never had experienced it they might not be able to re- relate and they might be thinking oh you know what this guy's just he's making it up mm-hmm. but someone who actually experienced it on a regular basis it affects you not affects you but it just makes you understand things from a different perspective yeah, I, I've had it when I've been in Sainsbury's and uh, the cashiers talk to me really loudly and really slowly. Oh, and, shit, yeah, yeah. I can uh, it was yeah. like, would you like a bag? And I think, yeah, <laughs> I've been... Um, I mean, like, we do understand, I mean, we do speak English. educated in this country. Um, I can speak English perfectly well just because of the way I look. Um, there's an yeah, assumption exactly. that I can't speak English, which which is, which is I think it's it sounds funny... But in in the moment, it's kind of like, what what about me says to you that I can't I can't speak English exactly. Um, but I guess it it leads to a deeper question around being a minority in you know uh, a land which is not your own and mm-hmm. and um, whether like belonging whether we will ever really 
be accepted as being British or if mm. if there's Sikhs in I think you know it is bro I think it just takes time everything everything in the world takes time in three four hundred years time you know our grandkids 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 they'd be British just as much as the next door neighbour regardless of where he comes from here or there do you know what I mean I don't know these are deeper questions Uh, uh, you know it's not to say that every single person who's not an ethnic minority is racist you know it's not that it's just more so it's something we experience and if you haven't experienced it you won't understand You, you know the average like I said the average Englishman won't understand not to say that he's racist, mm. he just doesn't understand what he says or she says. It's not just what he's saying temporarily, you know, you look like a cricketer. It's why do I look, why are you saying that I look like a cricketer? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like it's the conversation mm. that they've had in their head before they've said that. Mm. It's it's the it just shows that, you know, that before I then before I met her, she already had a preconception of what I was and who I was and mm. what my life was. Yeah, definitely. that's the deeper part of it. Yeah. Uh, Obama says he would go into lifts and like, women would hold their purses a bit tighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just because I've you, seen the video, there's a little video on YouTube about that as well. Okay, yeah. So it's just it, there is an undertone which I, I think, unless you're of a minority group, you probably it's probably difficult to appreciate. And how little comments like my somebody at my work asked me um, if my wife wears a sari, and um, if oh, I know what this Indian dish is, which is wrapped in a leaf. And I said to her, there's 1.4 billion people in India and mm. there's probably over 150 different um, communities and, and languages. Right. And yeah. I have no idea what the people in the South do. I've never been there. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. They must think, it's, it's where, again, you know, like Britain is largely all the same. You know, you go up north, up south, they, they're still the same. But in India, they don't realise it's a subcontinent. I don't think most Indians realise that India is so big and so diverse. It's... It's not because I'm from North India, I'm the same as someone who's from South. We're completely different people. We have languages different. You know, we can't understand a word of, you know, Tamil or Sri Lanka, whatever bully they speak. We, we don't, we will never understand a word. Absolutely. You know, their food, their dress. It, it's just yeah. education and it takes time to help people realise. Yeah, yeah. I guess they see a brown person, they think, oh, Indian. And they must Indian, know, yeah. they must know Sital from down the road. Um, exactly. But how, how do you deal with this? Because... I think it's you're you're in a privileged position. You're one of the people in the community who you know younger generations look up to. You're they see what you're doing. They see you're in incredible shape. You're a credible athlete, and you know you've stuck to it and you've done so well um, mm. to get to where you are. And and your family has done so well to support you. Um, yeah. But on on an everyday level, people are probably experiencing little bits of prejudice. Mm-hmm. and and how what kind of mindset do you have i know it, it seems like it's water off a duck's back and it doesn't really impact you that much mm-hmm. you don't want to get to you but what words of wisdom or what kind of mindset or frame of mind do you have to allow you to for it not to impact you because it may be it might be in subtle ways like it might be with a job you know someone's going mm-hmm. like dara prakash and a big bed and they feel mm-hmm. like well i don't really fit in in the culture in this oh, 100 million percent Bro, listen, honestly, it comes down to what, how you see yourself, the confidence you have within within yourself speaks louder. So I could walk into a room and I'm, I know for a fact, you know, some of the gyms I go to in Essex, I'm the only coloured person. I'm not the only Indian, I'm the only coloured person there. But when you 
are confident within yourself. When you can talk, someone asks you a question, you can you can have a reply. Not not um and er uh and ifs and maybes. And when you have when someone asks you a question, for example, and they ask you who are you, or where did you come from, or what do you represent, and you have an answer. We we're blessed with a tongue. We can communicate, but sometimes we can communicate without talking, and that comes from having confidence in yourself. That's what Guru's instilled instilled in us. Um, that's what our Guru's taught us. If we're not confident in ourselves, then you know we can sit in the back of the room and we're still gonna get picked on, or not picked on, but you know we're still gonna. Mm. For example, I could walk into a room of hundred people. I could sit in the back, but people would still look at me and have a perception. Or I could walk into a room of hundred people, be confident, be loud, and be daring, and they're still gonna have an opinion on me. But it's it's how I choose to um, deal with it, and and how I deal with it. As I'm a fighter, bro, I'm not gonna let somebody's opinion. Listen, it doesn't. It it has affected my um, you know, for my, for example, I might have lost a fight because because of a certain reason, but I'm not gonna let it diminish who I am as a person. I'm not gonna let someone else's opinion of me um, put me down. You know, how, how why on earth should I let somebody who might think, oh look, he, he smells, you know, someone with the comments on on my YouTube videos, for example, you know, when you do interviews, oh, all these seat people smell of piss and oh, literally piss and oil is what he says. Seat people stink of, or he looks like he's just finished a shift at, at a local corner shop or, you know, what's that thing on his head or he looks like mm. a terrorist or he looks like Osama Bin Laden. Why the hell would, should I let, not would I, should I let somebody, somebody's negative opinion on me affect my day, affect my life? That, the funny I thing is, I, I bet those people wouldn't say it to you. <laughs> to that, it's exactly, it's, it's on YouTube, man. And, I, and one day I'm going to have to, Oh, I hate it, man. Some some of the comments are crazy, you know. It's probably some twelve-year-old. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I have no idea, but I don't know who it is or what it is. But yeah, whatever I, it is, yeah. I can't let somebody else define me. I can't, I can't. I cannot. And the whole reason we wear this appearance, you know, we wear a bug. We wear we have our daddy is to stand out. Yeah. So how can I wear a bug tomorrow and not stand out? Try and hide in the back. I, I can't do it. Yeah. I couple of points of what you said i think with the youtube thing i think all all up and they get it i i get it like oh yeah 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 and, yeah. and stuff and i i think it is it's a shame uh, that i get loads of people telling me i need to shave um loads of yeah, yeah. Me it's boring i mean it becomes boring after a while yeah, yeah like that's it not doesn't hype. even affect us it's just like oh man give yeah. me a rest i think it's part of the territory um especially with youtube seems like a particularly uh place where it's easy for people to just leave comments like to say whatever they want um, yeah. yeah and thankfully there's the, the moderation button where you can you can um moderate comments um yeah. but there is that part but com- on the note of confidence i feel like i've been to a few camps where there's kids there and, and they they really question their identity like they want to just fit in because it feels 100%. easier to them um so is there any advice that you can give on confidence in terms of building a confidence the other question around that is i my kids learned boxing for a little bit of, for a few months off ian bailey who's a, a good coach around here and he yeah. um the the kind of boxing crowd is probably i would say a little bit more intense than the the crowd that you come into contact with day to day like this is a travelers community oh, there's, million there's percent, yeah. so you must get like, the extremes of the, the you know kind of people's sentiments towards mm. you whereas in the like day-to-day work no one's really going to say yeah. anything to me because they know that's right, that's right. 
they know there's repercussions in terms of the workplace and, and that's right, that's right. all that kind of stuff. So first question was around building confidence. And the second mm-hmm. was around um, how do you, how do you deal with the, how do you deal with it? Because yeah. you are potentially, you know, for someone making a comment, yeah. it's going to be a lot more easy. It's going to be easy to do that in a gym. Um, you're with the kind of lad-ish mm-hmm. environment and you yeah, 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 mix of confidence. Right. There's two parts to the first question, bro. You said, how do we uh, instill confidence maybe in a young kid? The first part is, bro, that I believe that having a role model helps massively. Having someone who, for example, looks like me, eats the same food as me, wears the same clothes as me, you know, wears the bag, wears a have has a dari or, you know, wears a korta piyama. For example, just who looks like me and having him in public eye, for a young kid, that's massive. I think we are, we overlook how important that is. Mm. When, when for example, say tomorrow there was a Premier League footballer, and he had sing on the back of his t-shirt, and he had a padka, he had a beard, and he was confident about who he was and and whatever. That would give so many kids, so many upner kids, um, mm. hope. And hope is the most important thing, bro. That right there, just that one guy. I mean, he could never talk about Punjabi issues and Sikhi but because he looks like someone and he's relevant I'm not saying nobody else is relevant but because he's you know in, in we're talking about young kids in Britain for example but because he's because he's a footballer for example hmm. kids will say you know what uh, he looks at me He uh, if he can do it I can do it hmm. you know I remember when Great Carly you know growing up we, I didn't really have many Sikh you know uh in the British media kind of thing, if that makes sense, like actively who was up there. We had great Kali. And when you come, he was at the Punjabi. Everyone's like, oh, you're from you're Punjabi. I was like, yeah, he's from, you know, where I'm from. You know, he's not far. But we held on. I didn't know who he was. And if I'm honest, he's, he's, he's a rubbish. He's, he's a crap wrestler. But because he was Punjabi, we kind of held on to him. And mm-hmm. not just me, but loads of Punjabi kids did. Simply because he was Punjabi and he looked like me and mm-hmm. whatever. He come from the same place as me. So... We're lucky now that there is a lot of Sikhs, you know, coming up in society. You know, we've got basketballers, we've got Sidhu Musali. Yeah, he's Punjabi industry and, you know, he has, I don't agree with his personal opinion, some of his politics, but people like him, the Jeet the, Dasanj, the, they're kind of making it cool to wear a bug. Regardless of how you feel about him or how I feel about him, mm. they are, you know, people like Steel Bangles, he's not an active, you know, Sikh model, um, not model, Sikh figure. But he doesn't. But he he was at the farmers rally, for example, and he, his name still bangles represents the gutter. You know he does talk about mm. Sikhi and stuff. So for young kids, when they see someone like that, it it inspires them massively. Mm. You know, and it's not me saying that. You know, as Sikhs, we don't have no one who's relevant. You know, we have a lot of shaheeds and stuff. We have countless warriors and and figures that are historic. But the question you asked, what well, the question asked was about kids. And sometimes they can't relate to that. They might not be able to, for whatever reason, they can't. You know, a kid who's grown up in an area which is mainly um, English, for example, and his parents, you know, they're not very well connected to Sikhi or, or the history of the Shaheed. They're not going to understand what the Shaheed, what our Shaheed did for them. When they're older, when they're 20 years old, they might be. When he's 10 years old or 12, he won't understand. He needs something that's relevant. And people might disagree, but that's that's the truth. That's the honest truth, you know. The farmers rally, for example, 
it brought everybody together. Why? Because literally 90% of Sikh artists or Sikh figures spoke about it, and then which in turn led to people like Rihanna speaking about it, and it gave people a sense of belonging. That, oh wait, my Punjab, which is really small, it's, it's, it's tiny in, in comparison to the world, someone's talking about it, good or bad, they're talking about it, people are talking about it, and that gives people something to hold on to. And the other thing is, I believe that the confidence, that's the first part, and the second part is the confidence is given to them, if that makes sense. You know, you must teach your kid from a young age as a parent, not you, bro, but I mean, like a parent should teach their kid who we are, where we come from, because that is everything for us. That in itself is powerful enough to give any anybody confidence, but especially a young Singh or a young, you know, core, a young Sikh Guri. It is what we are, what we've done, the people who we've, you know, um, who in our Adidas, for example, you know, we go to a god that we see paintings and all, not just of the gurus, but of others, prominent Sikh figures who might not be alive today, but hearing their stories, that in itself should give anybody confidence. And in particular, it should give our kids the confidence. But that comes from taking your kids to the Goddara, for example, teaching them about Sikhi and Sikh figures. But if the parents don't know, the kids aren't going to know. And sometimes parents are reluctant to teach their kids that. But then when they come to like 15, 15 years old, for example, and their kids are being bullied, um, then they think, oh, you know what, what do we do now? We're stuck. They don't want to take them to the Goddara. The first 10 years of their life, 15 years, they didn't take them to the Goddara. They, didn't, they haven't got no Sikh friends. They haven't got um, knowledge about who they are. Their parents wanted to focus on their education, for example, so much that they just neglected a part of their, a massive part of their um, upbringing, which is going to have an effect on how they grow up. Mm. You know, we're never going to be, like I said, bro, and unfortunately, we're never going to be like, you know, English, if that makes sense. We're never going to be that. So we shouldn't try and push our kids to be that. Does that make sense? Yeah. We should let them be confident. We should teach them to be confident in who they are and, and respect everybody and be strong and respect everything. You know, respect is a very important word, but be confident in who you are because you will never, it will never change. Who you are will never change. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And I think it brings me to a, a really important topic around identity and um yeah like we I, I was born here you know you were born here and there's there's this sense of being british but yeah. there's also a sense of with me as a father now I've, I've got two kids i've got a third on the way who we could find i'm thinking about how do i keep the kids connected to yeah. where they come from um and, and it's not you know like it's, yeah it's not to say that i i don't value um what the opportunities that we've had here and the life exactly. that we have here but i i don't want them to lose connection with punjab and to lose connection exactly. with their language their history um their kind of culture and i think yeah. that's a challenging thing for parents i think you're you know yeah. you've obviously your parents have done a great job with you like you've the easier thing would probably be for you to just try and fit in but you know mm. you've maintained all of these things i've seen you on but social that's media that's the thing bro yeah. we will never fit in you know i listen silly things cause silly comment i celebrate christmas i don't go to church but we still celebrate christmas we are give i don't get presents now but you know when i was young i used to get presents and whatnot mm. but that doesn't mean that 
in the same month that I, I we didn't go to the Goddara to um you know remember the Shahidiya of the Jar Sab Jade. Does that make sense? Like mm. it's not just parents think, oh let's do Christmas, let's do Easter, let's go do this, but they won't ever take their Goddara kid their kids Goddara on, on Basaki or you know Diwali or or teach their kids. There's not just it's it's not either this or that. Yeah, it's, it's it's showing the kids what everything is. Because I celebrate Christmas to the point where I go to church, but I still set up. Everyone does Christmas. Yeah, we live I, in England. I, I think you raise a good point around. Sorry to interrupt, but around no, um, you get to that age where you know your kids are fifteen, sixteen, and if you haven't, if they don't have a connection to the culture, then then it's very difficult to bring them back at that point. To bring them back, yeah, and then that's when they start facing. But I had um. A lady phoned me once, and her nephew was being bullied, and he went to private school all full of gore, and he was about 15, 16 months to a private school, uh, grammar school, I think it was. He was getting bullied, and she was like, you know, can you help? I said, yeah, go for it. Um, of course, I'll, I'll, I'll do what I can. And um, I was like, who is it? She goes, another up and I said, what? So he school full of gore, you know, only two up and Monday, and he's bullying, he's with a couple of and And it just goes to show the kid doesn't realise what he's doing necessarily, but it's his parent who they've told, you know, your kid's doing this, picking on because because he's a monna and he, the kid that's being bullied has a goodie or whatever. He's getting bullied because he's a goodie by the kid who's trying to be like the others. But he yeah. doesn't realise that. Mm. He doesn't realise what he's, he's just taking the mick out of a kid because he's wearing a goodie. But this is the thing in our own community where we're trying to be something we're not, we're never going to be. It's all right if I could be something, you know, if I could... You know, if I could be so British that like one day my colour, I wake up, my colour changes, and that's it. I'm, 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 I've got a white skin or something like that. But it's not going to happen. I will always be this. I will always have brown skin. I'll always have a beard. I'll always have a bug or a bataka. You know, I, 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 it won't change. It won't change. No matter how hard I try, it won't ever change. So I must accept what I am. And, and listen, I shouldn't say it. Like Conor McGregor put middle finger up, you know, FMO, bro, like not not in a disrespectful way, but because if somebody listen, I'm 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 I I'll make sure I'm polite to everybody and respectful, but if someone disrespects me, bro, I, I can't just like you said, like I said earlier on, I can't just let it change me. Mm. Can't let it change me. It, I have to fight it, but listen, not everybody's racist, not everybody's prejudiced, not everybody's whatever. But it as a I think this it's just we're in, we're in a I think time period where like some people don't want to get caught behind some people don't want to go too far forward be too progressive in their ideas and in the way they bring their kids so it's, it's, a, it's a crazy time but yeah definitely bro, the only thing that saves us is the Guru God honestly bro listen you can not you but as in but you can do whatever you want I can do whatever I want. Anybody can do their kids, but at the end of the day, the only thing that really saves us is the Guru God. It gives us everything, and yeah. that's not me just saying it. It, it. it is. We can get everything we want from the Goddara. Everything, everything, and anything. That's anything cool. we could ever want, and we could hope to give anybody. It comes from the Goddara for us, and I genuinely believe that. That's amazing. Um, I want to pivot slightly and ask you about failure because you had that loss and I remember messaging you on Instagram and um, I was watching the build up to that and I, th- I saw you and I saw that guy and I was like he's gonna smash him right like just looking yeah. at you physically like the, yeah. the guy 
look nothing like you yeah um and your confidence in the pre-fight interviews as well it it you could tell that you were prepared you had done yeah like you know you had done the work and everything and i and i remember messaging you afterwards because i again i was speaking to jay and he was saying i think you you injured your did you get into your nose or? yeah i got broke my nose second uh end of the second middle of the second i'll head back yeah. and broke my nose yeah. So it's, it's a bit wonky if you can yeah. tell, but yeah. <laughs> it looks it looks good. But uh, in terms of you've got that fighter's face, but um, you <laughs> had that anyway, because when I saw you last time, you got so many scars from yeah, yeah. and stuff. <laughs> but but um, on a serious note, I I watched that fight and I, if anyone can win through losing, I think you did that because um, I don't know any, I don't know anybody personally who would, who would lose like that you could have just mm. thrown in the tower you could have just said you know i can't see anything yeah I, you know i've broken my nose there's yeah. no point in me continuing but until the last second you were trying to take yeah. his head off um yeah so it, it was just it was it was a win in a loss but mm. i i messaged you after that because um i thought this is going to be a potential turning point and a potential you're going to learn from this and you're going to mm. you're going to you're going to potentially just it's going to really help you in the long run mm. um but again like no one wants to lose at something so that must have been a really difficult period and and no one will probably experience that in their lives but they might experience mm. something um smaller i remember messaging you know i was reading gsp george st pierre's book at the time and he lost to matt sarah he got caught with the overhand right he got knocked um tko and stuff and that was his first loss and on on the books looking at them it was kind of a similar story like gsp was this amazing fighter matt sarah was smaller guy he wasn't he wasn't as as good and on paper it should have been a clear victory but Mm. gsp said that was the best thing that ever happened to him because he looked at areas that he needed to kind of iron up on and and it it really helped him in the future and become the, the legend that he became um so people won't experience that kind of that kind of pain and that kind mm-hmm. of um, having to deal with a loss and all of that kind of stuff and being in the public eye on a day-to-day basis, but they might experience it on like their relationship might fail, like their marriage might fail, or they might how get sacked or lose their job or, or um, so how do you deal with, how did you deal with it? Because that, that's a big thing. I think for anyone to, you must've had mm-hmm. that doubters. You must've had people saying to you, oh, yeah, you know, all of that. So, how do you work? Um, bro, I've overcome so much adversity in my life that I couldn't, again, let that define me. If I, could, if I had a magic wand, but I could wave it and I could take a loss, but I would take it back right now. But I can't. And I, it, it would be unfair to say that that loss has taught me more than any of my six other wins I've. I learned more in one loss than I did in any of my six wins. And that's not lie that's not me just saying it because oh, i took a loss like i said if i could change it i would i'd change it right now but i can't but that taught me so much it taught me not just fighting the ring it taught me everything you know it taught me for example that maybe that was the wrong weight class maybe because i was so comfortable making the weight I, I, that should be i should be boxing that weight and i've moved down and and maybe it taught me Maybe it showed people that, you know what, I'm not just here because like one of the main questions for any fighter is, does he have a chin? Does he have a heart? That's the main thing for any fighter. And in that fight, I showed everyone that, yeah, you know what, Inda does have a heart and Inda does have a chin. You know, maybe it taught me that. Maybe it taught me that 
the training might have been wrong. Like I said, I was in unbelievable physically. Sorry, bro. Physically, uh, aesthetically, I was in the best shape of my life. But that was no good. I was too big. I'm not a bodybuilder. I, I'm a boxer. Maybe it taught me that. Maybe, but honestly, bro, it taught me so much. As an athlete, it taught me an unbelievable amount. Hmm. If I could change it, I would, but I can't. But so I guess it's around mindset about seeing what a, what a subject what on the outside it looks like a a, a loss, right? But you know you it's horrible though because, because you've learned so much in from it. boxing. You get written off sometimes. You take a loss and oh, he's lost. Look, uh, it's kind of game over for him. But I couldn't let it do it, so I come back and I had to come back and I had to, if not for nobody else, but for my for myself, you know. I had to show people that you know what I'm still here, I'm still fighting, I'm still TV. I took a loss, but I'm not finished, and that was one of the one of the main reasons what kept me going. And even in the fight, bro, again it comes down to representation. Representation is a very big thing for myself. If I took a loss or took an knee and and got not or got knocked out or you know bottled it in the second round, oh, no, no, I can't fight no more. That would have an effect on the whole Punjabi Sikh community. People would have an image of Sikh saying, oh, you know what, they ain't got the heart. Because, not unfairly, but because I had done it, it's like the average person who's not Punjabi would think I'm a representative of all my of all people. Does that make sense? Like, for example, um, nobody heard of, um, oh, great, oh, no, what's his name? Khabib, uh, Dagestan. No one heard of Dagestan, but because mm. of Khabib, they do. And now they believe mm. because of Khabib that everybody from Dagestan is, is, is strong and fierce and blah, blah, blah. Mm. But that's... Might, not, might be true, might not be true, but people who have a preconception because of Khabib, mm. because he's in the media, he's the only Dagestani in the media, people think everyone's going to be like him. Mm. So if I took a knee, bro, if I took a knock that, bro, if, all of a sudden, bro, all Punjabis would be weak and all Punjabis would be, all Sikhs would be weak and got no heart and I couldn't let that happen. Mm. Everybody loses, bro, but I couldn't let people feel like, oh no, look, they're weak. Like I said, it's not, it's not, fair because uh, you know my whole community gets brand branded because of me but it's how it is how do you deal with that pressure because that seems like an awful lot of pressure to put on a, on a it young is, man bro, but... i don't know if i'm honest i don't know how i, I you you gotta just do it. It, it, it there comes a point in life when you just have to do it there might not be a why there might not be a how you just have to you have to get down and get you to even do it and that's it because everything else like I said I can't let that pressure get to me because if it does then that will affect my career I must selfishly fight for myself but the reason I fight is not because oh no I need some money to buy a new car you know I have all of that stuff I fight for my people so it's kind of like a, a cycle I fight for myself but myself the reason is not because you know the average person wants is poor and he needs to break out of poverty that's his reason, you know. It's for my people. It's for representation. Like I said, I'm... I am... Like, for example, I'll give you another example. So all my dad and I, my, all my uncles, they're all big. They're all just big guys. Mm. And the average... Girl, they don't really know about Pindabu people that much, you know, especially from Essex. When you go... When you're in London, everybody knows. But when you go out of London, you know, into, like, sticks, mm. they don't. And... Oh mate, you all your family are massive, aren't they? Oh mate, where do you lot come from? Land of the giants, blah blah blah. But again, it's representation. Mm. It's it's representation. When when I had my first professional fight it was when we were on Sky Sports, 
obviously the security at the venues and my granddad was coming to watch and I said to my coach I said you know what my granddad's coming I just thought about it. I don't know how I even re- remember this I said my granddad is Amartari but I, I said my granddad he's, he's a baptized initiate he's going to wear a sword when he comes like a small dagger when he comes to security comes to me, my coach said what do you say like he knows about my family he knows my family but he didn't know that and I said um, he's going to wear a sword when he comes he's going to be wearing a small sword like a dagger like sword and he's going to be allowed in he can't, you can't stop him and you can't take it off and my coach looked at me and said are you being serious I said yeah like I explained to him he said are you sure I said I promise you they're allowed to wear it Sikhs are allowed to wear it I said there's not going to be 500 people wearing it there's going to be a probably about 10 people I said they don't drink you'll never hear about it you'll never see them waving it about they won't stab no one you know that kind of stuff I said it's just what it, he found a promoter he said oh listen this is what can happen let the screw know he said yeah that's fine but that is representation do you know what I mean bro that's one of the reasons why I do it that's one of the reasons why I couldn't stop because if I stop again the story ends and that's it it's done mm-hmm. it's over you know someone has to if it's not listen I hope that there's a million Punjabi Sikh fighters, there's a million world champions and they're all better, they're all stronger. But we have, to, someone has to pave way. I'm not saying it's me, but we have to push on. Like it's not for me, but for my people, bro, we have to, we have to do it. We have to be able to represent. We have to, we have to do it. Literally, we have to. There's no, oh, I can't bother today, I might stop. I have to. It's have to, bro. As a community, we have everything. We have everything as a community. As a bunch, we have everything. But we need to, break into oh Sikh people love a drink don't they Sikh people love drinking Sikh people love a good party we have to kind of not say it's a bad thing listen anyone can live their life how they want but we need to let them know that we're not just here for a party or you know just to have a good drink up at the pub we're yeah. a bit more than that it is a shame when when I went to university and I was I was a monna and people say oh what religion are you because uh, I, I didn't used to drink I was doing car boxing at the time and um, yeah so I, I was a bit strict in terms of lifestyle. And um, they said, what religion are you? You must be Muslim if you don't drink. I said, no, nah, I'm Sikh. And they're like, well, Sikhs are the biggest drinkers. Though. Same thing. I get the same thing every time, bro. That was a public perception at my university. That's, that's it. That's what we were known for. Um, that's it. Uh, which, is, which is a shame because historically, that's not what we were known for. Um, Far from it. Yeah. And, and now I meet some older Gordian and they say, oh, yeah, the largest volunteer regiment in British Army's history. And this. Yeah, yeah. And, my grandfather fought with Sikhs and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 that's right, yeah. The older body, I think, have some some more awareness of... Uh, that's right, that's right. But it, it's, it's incredible. And one thing I really like about you is I I follow a lot of um, Sikh athletes. And mm. when when I like their post, I always see your name there as well. And it is in, in the comments, like, you're always encouraging to other people. It's not like you feel like, oh, well, if this guy's taking my light, then, you know, there's going to be less... Mm. you know light on me it's you constantly supporting people whether it's mma boxing you know other other upgrade stuff it's really 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 we're time and time again i tell everybody this we're a small community we don't have millions and millions in the population and we're not we are spread out but we're not as in like you know like we're not everywhere in in that sense Mm. if i don't support another guy who is and if and if listen, he doesn't need to support me, he might not like me, but when you see a sing, bro, like um, oh, I'm a couple of my like my non my gordy friend, Carly, whatever. When I'm out there and I see a sing, I always just nod your head. They said, Do you know every single Sikh person? Because obviously they know, like, I always bump into someone, they'll be like, Oh, in there, how you doing, blah blah blah. But I'll say, Listen, I don't even if I don't know, I'll still nod, like, out of respect, you know, there's not many of us, mm. 
there's not many Sikh people. And if I do, I'm happy to see one. That's as simple as it's simple. I don't care who he is or where he's from, whatever. He's a Sikh Banda, we would not. It's just a thing. I mean, I don't care if he doesn't like me or he doesn't support me or whatever. That's just people's own insecurities amongst themselves. Like yeah, I said, no. but we've got bigger issues at hand. Yeah, I really appreciate that about you. And that's probably, you know, parenting again and stuff because I've noticed in the Sikh community, when, like, with Jagmeet Singh, you know, I, I had my clinic and a lot of patients. And I, I thought it was really inspiring that there's an apna going for, you know, the highest seat in, in politics in Canada. And then Canada, people say, oh, yeah, you know, but his the star's not the right colour or he danced during his party. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This, this, this so, yeah, I don't feel like we're, as a, not yourself, I think you're the complete opposite, but I think as a community, I don't think we support each other. Um, yeah. Like we like, should. Bro, listen, people sit there arguing the God about this, that like we've got bigger issues at hand as a, as a population, as a culture, as a religion, as a calm. We've got so much going on. People want to argue about things going on in the God Obviously, if something's wrong, it's wrong. But like small things or whatever, you know what I mean? Like hmm. I don't even know some of the stuff. People are wasting the time not realizing that get out of that box and let's do something. Hmm. Yeah, we can spend a whole much. life sitting. I can spend my whole life arguing my next door neighbor. Yeah, and there's so much Being time and energy wasted on on infighting. Wrong things, uh, and we we can't make progress because of because of we're too busy fighting. So it needs to be like you know, people have a lot of people have a voice in our community, but they don't use it in the right way. I don't feel. Um, yeah, and and what they, they use it to gain themselves or something. But like, everyone's trying to get something for themselves, but not many people put the calm before themselves, and that's the key thing mm. the gone the bunt comes first you know the sangha comes first but people don't realize and maybe one day they will maybe mm. i don't know but time will tell bro i was working in homerton which is near hackney um yeah i know yeah not too far from you and yeah um, my i went to see the chaplain because we had this jewish patient and oh. the, cha- the, ch- the chaplain said i'm already aware he said anytime any person in the orthodox community um gets admitted into hospital the 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 synagogue will be notified and will come out to make sure they've got kosher food they looked after they've got their own um needs met and i thought that's remarkable they they knew that this guy was in hospital already yeah already and he wasn't an an important member of the community he was just a part of the congregation so the, the cohesiveness that that community had they had their own separate area for for um orthodox jewish patients and um mm. which they funded they paid for themselves within the hospital so mm. um everything was the way they needed it to be had but the way they looked after each other i you know i felt like that's another small community but they've they've done a really good job at supporting each other and and looking out mm. for each other and putting exactly yeah I mean, there's so much we can do but it just takes time but i think we're slowly moving towards that just yeah just time during covid i think everyone stopped doing what they were supposed to be doing and then ended up mm. just going for runs or doing what they could but yeah. you're probably the only person i know who consistently trained throughout covid oh yeah, yeah. And <laughs> how did you do that how did you stay motivated when the whole world was mm. losing their minds and and mm. had completely dropped off training for me was a part of my life so like it's part of who i am my whole family we train and got a little gym in the back got in the back shed so I was just making the most of it you know my brothers I used to have my little brothers and we used to just 
when you see training as training as something you have to do or something external that you know you have to do to keep fit it, it becomes it's like anything but when you do it because you you just want to it's just part of your life you, it's, you just do it so i was just doing that you know um i don't know Rob. i had it was something to do like you said the whole world kind of shut down didn't it and the moment the first lockdown no one knew what was going on but doing what I can, man. It's always about doing what you can, doing what you can with whatever you've got. Just got to make do, you know, whatever cards you dealt with, whatever's happened, just got to carry on. Just got to, the goal doesn't change, you know. It might evolve, but it doesn't actually change. And whatever happens, you've got to keep edging, every every day edging towards that goal. And it's who I am training. Like I said, it's not that I say I train like a madman every day. I have days off and I have a week off and I'm not fighting, but I still, if I'm having a week off, I'm still thinking about boxing. You know, I've just had a fight on a Friday. I'll still have a few days off, but I'll still think about boxing. I'll still think of, I'll still think about training. Um, it's just, um, just how it is, bro. Um, you've got to be strong. Got to keep pushing all the time, every day, every day, every day, bro. Got to keep pushing. Got to keep working hard every day. Amazing. I was doing what I can, bro. And what's on the horizon for you? What's next? Um, so I boxed about about three weeks ago. I won. Um, they've told me a date, but it's not been announced, so I can't actually announce it. It should be soon. Do you know what I mean? End of May, beginning of June time. Just waiting for the date to be confirmed, then I can announce it. Um, I'm staying ready. I'm training. Hopefully, by the end of this year, I'll be fighting for titles. Um, you know, and this is when it gets kind of not serious, but this is when it the fun and the seriousness kicks in when you're fighting for titles, you compete for titles. But I'm excited, you know what I mean? It's um the possibilities are endless and um I feel like the road's finally here, you know, you don't start fighting for the titles in, in your second professional fight, you know. I'm not I'm not Lomachenko, but um time's now so I'm just gotta play your cards right, um, push on. And like I said, hopefully by the end of the year I'll be fighting for titles. Um and I can't wait. And how can people come and watch? How can they follow you? How can they follow yeah. you? So, um, to be honest, I'm only on Instagram, um, in the Basi underscore. I usually post all my updates on there and stuff and tickets and how to contact me directly. I'm always available, you know, drop a message. And Instagram is the only kind of thing I use because you, the more, like, my, my coach said, me, get Twitter, get this. I said, it's this headache. Mm. You know, I can't, I can't be bothered to keep up with it all. Mm. I can have all the media outlets in the world, but, of course, they're part of my sport. You know, I need them in a way, but I can't be able, I can't, I'm not able to dedicate a lot of my time, you know. I'm already always on Instagram, do you know what I mean? Um, I don't want to have another app that's always going to keep me glued to it. I'm trying to stay away from that stuff. It's relevant, it keeps you relevant in society, but well, how, how much can you do, bro? Um, I'm on Instagram. 100%, and you're not a, you know, a professional influencer, you're a professional boxer. So. Exactly. Yeah. But, but if I do become a professional influencer in, in the coming years, then maybe I'll think about it, but I don't think I will be. Yeah. Um, I just want to take this opportunity to thank you for all that you do. I know that you're you're constantly, last time I met you, you were doing a talk in Coventry. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Is, you know, very far from you. So I really appreciate how much seva that you do. I know you do the weekly. No, I appreciate it. Don't, don't need to yeah. thank me, bro. So it's, it's, it's really nice that you're still dipping into the community on a, on a weekly basis yeah. and, and doing seva and, and so thank you for all that. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Thank you for taking time out and having a conversation, bro. I appreciate it a lot.